and you know, so I think that's uh, the type of thing that would be a really, really excellent, David. Oh, I think you're right. So uh, we got New Year's. We got new things happening. We're looking back at old things, new approaches. It's all good. Yeah. yeah, and this is our year in review episode, and we're actually, this is going to be completely nutty because this is uncut. This is also how we go through the process of making the show and are talking about and the fact that we do work on a bit of the script and the fact that there's been a Beatles documentary. So I don't know if you want to set that up and do your thing, Troy. Well, we were just saying how, um, you know, the idea of doing uh, sort of a live improv show, which I guess very would be very much like if we were doing a panel, we wouldn't have the opportunity to edit. Um, and I, I pointed out how, hey, this is, of course, you know, me being Beatle boy, um, it, it struck me that this is like get back. This is the Beatles going into the studio and just like with the idea of writing it live and uh, recording it as it happens, no overdubs. And uh, so I thought there was a, n- a natural tie in for us. And uh, as the uh, German German uh, managers in Hamburg used to yell at the Beatles, mock show, mock show, which is, you know, make show, make show. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to make a show for you all. Should I, should I do the theme, Dave, now? or uh, Sure. And just to, as uh, just as a quick note, um, I've just started timer 45 minutes, which we may or may not follow. But anyways, uh, go <sighs> ahead, Troy, and why don't you uh, do your thing? I will. So here, here I have, have not even rehearsed this one, too. So hopefully there's no flubs, but there might be. So... out a little bit here and David would say what would I say I'm moving the script over I always share the screen with everyone so we were actually following this screw uh, a, a script and I have a little reminder in white letter with the big red background to set zoom to record which we already have set timer to 45 minutes welcome to two old farts talk sci-fi I'm David Clink. And I am Troy Harkin, and I'm taking my guitar off and putting it down. And I have a feeling it's it may at some point just fall in the background. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah uh, so part of our be... script. Part of our script is oh, and go ahead about your your guitar and everything else. Because that oh, was oh. you did that live. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, don't be shocked if you do hear a a, a clank or a, a thud in the background. That's really <laughs> my guitar falling. And, and gently weeping. Once it falls, it may gently weep. So don't yep. be surprised by that. Um, part of our script, and, and we go over this ourselves, like Troy and I go over the script, and then what we do is we also run the script past the guests so they're not suddenly surprised, is there's a little bit here that just, if Troy knows that he is setting up a specific clip from a show like for example i think mcgarris you were able to get permission to use a clip from 
from the, uh, his podcast on right. the intro to our, it, was, it made sense. So what we do is we have just a little bit of the script in case you have done that, which we don't do this episode is that you would say something like what we heard at the top of the show was a clip with, and then so on the clip was from, and thanks for the person for providing it now. Right. I'll so continue I, with this so what we heard, what we heard, of, what we heard at the top of the show was Dave and I improvising the opening of the show. There right. you go. So that, yes. And thanks to Troy and David for doing that. But anyways, and uh, this is our year in review uncut episode. Today's episode looks at our podcast, Two Old Farts Talk Sci-Fi. We're recording it on Thursday, December 23rd, 2021, and it's scheduled for broadcast on Saturday, January 8th, 2022. We do not have a special guest for this episode. Before that, Troy will give a spoiler alert. And Troy, you haven't even seen spoiler or read this yet. So sorry about that. And That's all right. That's what it should be. There's no, and there's no editing of this. Yep. Oh, and I, one thing that I, I thought of as, as I was prepping for this show was that David does an, an, an incredibly excellent job of all the pre-production prep. I have to say, like, it's, it's amazing. Um, and, and I appreciate it because I certainly don't have that discipline to, to do what he does in terms of the prep work. And as much as I like to sort of fly by the seat of my pants, it's so great to have the safety net of the text that Dave creates. So in front of me, I have in super large, basically like a teleprompter. If we were in a studio, we have some text that we can rely on. And if we sort of like, or as I often do, go off on tangents, I can always just refer to the screen and come back safely for all of you. Um, so in, in many ways, I was thinking, David and I are, um, we are, if, if we're not the Lennon and McCartney of podcasting, we are certainly the Oscar and Felix of, of podcasting, I, I would think. I don't know if you agree with that or not, David. And I think we each know who, who's who, but... but um, I think I'm the messy one, actually, to be honest. Oh, really? Places <laughs> but I combine but see, both. But aspects. see, that's, that's what a super in-control uh, sort of like, person would think they would think that like you know because not every little thing is in place it's a mess and the person who is the you know like if you could see behind me the the chaos that i live in that i'm very comfortable living in because to me it's sort of zen and it's like no it's all right it's okay like this <laughs> yeah i'm glad you mentioned that if you could actually see your background because one of the very early things we will get into the whole how the show started and and decisions but one of the earliest decisions was whether it would be, be a webcast or a podcast and i floated those uh, uh towards uh, troy and he immediately said podcast and he was absolutely right the the, what you need to do with a webcast is far beyond. I mean, we do what we do, and I think we do a good job, and we put a lot into this. But there's a difference between hearing our voices and also seeing our backgrounds and seeing visuals and getting permissions and doing all the stuff that you need to do to do a webcast. It's just maybe down the road, uh, Troy. But for now, uh, I think the podcast, that was an early Good decision on your part, I think. Uh, thank you, David. Oh, so as a lapsed Catholic, I, I need to um, uh, have a little confession, a little amends here, a little mea culpa, uh, because, and, and this is going to probably horrify me listening to this episode back, but um, it's it always amazes me how many mistakes come out of my mouth in any given episode. So in, in our 
holiday episodes. I'm not sure if it was one or two, but I referred to one of my favorite comic creators, Steve Gerber, as Steve Gruber, as if he was related to Kelly Gruber, uh, formerly of the Toronto Blue Jays World Series years. Um, Steve Gerber, not Gruber. And also in our excitement in talking about the Star Wars holiday special of 1978, I had, at one point I, I flipped and I created the cardinal sin I referred to Star Wars as Star Trek. Um, and you probably caught that if you heard it. Um, and just a quick little tie into that, David. Um, I realized that Disney has a Lego Star Wars holiday special now, uh, which I watched with my uh, 28-year-old son recently. And and it, it's a really good time. And but the, and they certainly do everything they can to uh, clean up some of the issues with the original uh, show of that name. Um, include oh, they actually have they they do include the uh, uh, Chewbacca's family. So they're they make a you know they get a call back for the for the episode. And um, anyway, it's a really fun time. I know that we are now into the new year, but uh, hopefully it's still available for you if you haven't caught it. Um, yeah, a real good time. The Lego Star Wars holiday special. And I think they probably use the exact same title as the original one. So if you Google Star Wars holiday special, like you won't find the old one. You'll only find the new one. Anyway, which may or may not be a good thing, but, and, and a nice shout out to uh, Kelly Gruber. Uh, and he did tag that player. I don't Oh yeah. The, the player's triple name. Play, baby. For the triple, triple play. For the triple, that was, that would all started with the Devon white, fantastic catch in center. And one yeah. of the two, I can't remember if this was in the world series where it was. Yeah. The it was first Atlanta. one against, it was Atlanta then. Yeah. Um, where one of their players was already at, like the catch isn't out. Another out was from one of the players running past another player on the base path. And the third out, which should have been called, was when Kelly Gruber dived and tagged the guy on the on the foot. But anyways, enough of that. And also, when you mentioned your son being 28 years old, I do have underwear older than your son. But did you want to read the, <laughs> the spoiler alert and see if this is funny or would work in the show? Because we could edit it out, even though we're not going to, because this is an uncut episode. I will. And, you know... I could be really irksome because it, it occurred to me that, um, again, with more of the Beatles stuff, which probably drives most people, <laughs> that's because this is not a Beatles <laughs> podcast, but uh, I could read this in a really bad Liverpudlian accent. And oh, why I know not? That, well, because it would be really bad. I'll try. I'm, I'll try. Well, we still have a bet about who this, will be canceled first. This will be like the, <laughs> I'll try it like the yellow submarine actors who weren't the Beatles and who everybody like the, in the band found hilarious that these guys were doing these fake Liverpool accents. Okay. Yeah. I'm, it's going to be awful. Okay. I'll try to do it like Ringo. Let's see. Uh, okay. Spoiler alert. We'll not spoil the ending of the, of the two old thoughts talk sci-fi podcast. It, its end is inevitable though. It will die along with the rest of the earth. When this is off, <laughs> when when the sun in five billion years or so expands into a red giant destroying the earth, and then it will condense into a, and I've got a sign pop, popping up in front of me. Okay. And then it will condense into a white dwarf. Yeah, fab. Thanks, Troy. We're recording this session via Zoom in the interest of transparency. 
I, as David, have known Troy for three years, and Troy has known me for two years. Uh, let's not introduce. Uh, this is all new to Troy because I haven't run this past That's, him yet. But I like it. Well, well, one of my favorite lines is, and this is kind of, and I may have mentioned this before, is where um, I think there's a husband and wife, and the husband, and someone asks him how long you've been married, and he says, "Well, we, you know, fifteen good years." And then the wife says, well, we've been married for 20, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, I have to tell you that, that reminds yeah. me though, the, the whole thing about the discrepancy of knowing somebody. Um, so in high school, I had a, a friend um, introduce me to this guy he knew and he said, oh, you're going to love him. Um, and uh, so he, he brought me over to his, his house, well, his apartment. And uh, first time for me actually, meeting this guy other than outside of, of school. And so we go into his room and he has photocopies of my face all over the room. <laughs> like what? Pl plastered all over the room. And it was a gag. It was a gag. You know, I, I forget how he got the, the original image, but, um, <laughs> but he just thought it would be hilarious if, if, if he set it up like that. And it was because it was, you know, I thought, Oh my God, I've got like my own serial killer stalker. Oh, that's I've made fantastic. the, I've made the big time. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, so he knew me longer than I knew him apparently. <laughs> now at this point in our podcast, cause we're just sort of letting you know how we do the show. So basically I would do a guest bio uh, and then I would read out the bio. Generally it's a hundred word, uh, bio that's provided by or 75, whatever it is that, that the person presents. I put it in like 24 point font and make sure it's very clear. If there was any issues with any of the words, I would ask the person before saying it. So that way I don't really mess up on the pronunciation. So I just made up a little thing about someone named Richard Arswell Dick and then made up this whole thing about how he was created in the lab with small parts from various lab animals that had human ears grafted onto their backs um, combined with a bottled laughter of missing pets uh, incubated from a machine made from spare parts of downed aircraft from World War II. And once this thing was created, the doctor slapped the machine. But I came up with this whole thing just as a joke. And then I had this whole repartee between us two, which which is something that would get us canceled. So I will not do that. Okay. So anyways. Hey. Oh, if you like, I have just pulled both of our poetry collections from my shelf and I could read our bios if you like. Well, those bios are probably way out of date, but that makes it even funnier. In some okay. Cases. All right then. So, um, okay. And who knows what, I don't remember what mine says. Okay. This is a bit, this is mine. Uh, Troy Harkin is a Canadian poet and novelist. He was born in Halifax, Nova Scotia and raised in Ontario. These are all true things. He attended the university of Toronto where he published poetry in a variety of literary journals and co-wrote the play non sequitur with Gavin Harvey. His first novel red Rover. Well, okay. This is not true. Uh, will be published by Cheesine press in 2019. Hopefully it will be published in the future but we don't know by who Troy is a weekend rock. God, he can do that crazy thing with his thumb. And I'll show you what that is. David, our listeners won't know, but that's, that's what I can do with my thumb. Right oh my God. Yeah. Um, he hopes to some year lead the league in uh, penalty minutes while also winning the lady Bing trophy. That was, that was, that was me. 
I, but I, I thought that would be a great thing if you could do that, if you could actually lead the league in penalty minutes, but still win the most uh, uh, sportsmanlike Gentleman. player. Yeah, yes, sportsmanlike, yeah. exactly. So, so it's like you elbow somebody in the face, and then you apologize, and you help them up, you know, and you walk them to the... To the uh, well, it's better for them to apologize. Sorry that my face got in the way of your elbow, that kind right, of thing. Right, right. And David, this is, this is you. Uh, David Klink, also published as David Livingstone Klink, is a poet, poker player, and punster. All three of those things um, are uh, jailable in China, I believe. His poem, A Sea Monster Tells His Story, won the 2013 Aurora Award for Best Poem Slash Song. David finished second in the Asimov's Readers Awards Poetry Category 2007 uh, for his poem, Copyright Notice 2525. The Perfect Library placed third in the long poem category for the 2015 Risling Award and was in a tie for second for the 2015 Aurora Award for Best Poem Song. A conversation between a time traveler and his apprentice placed third in the 2014 Dwarf Stars competition. And that was you at the time of uh, the printing of The Role of Lightning in Evolution, David. Yeah, which came out in 2016. Um, so let's get on with the uh, episode for a minute. We will be talking about our process and talk about things and so on. So um, we are not doing this episode, this early January, first, first of 2022 episode. This is not a season-ending deal. Our, our seasons are about six nah. months long. We have episodes every two weeks, and our seasons are generally 13 episodes or 26 weeks, which with quick math is six months. Season one went from April 2021 to September 2021. Season two started in October 2021 and should end in March of 2022. For the last episode, we're holding back just slightly, so it will actually be dropped on April 1st, 2020. Uh, 2022 this year in review and preview episode is being broadcast as our first episode in 2020 2022 so we thought why not look at the calendar year 2021 comprising our first season of 14 episodes and our first six episodes of season two and talk about the highs and the lows how we started this whole thing taking a look back to what we have accomplished and how we did it yeah. Oh, Jesus. So many lows. So many lows. <laughs> but <laughs> and, yeah, and I threw in some wording for you, but basically we're also looking at upcoming stuff also. That, that's what I have you saying is basically we're also going to look at the rest of season two possibly, even though we haven't finalized it perfectly yet. Yeah, just some of the things we're, things we're hoping, you know, uh, will be nice treats for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Now, we're, what we're going to do is one of the things that we always do with our guests, uh, and this may have been one of the things I sort of uh, pushed, but one of the things that we did and 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 um, with our very first episode, we, we already answered sort of the questions about how we were introduced to the genre and what our genre loves were. But what we didn't do was we didn't, I don't think we went through the list that we asked our fans about what our all time faves are. And I can't recall if it was my idea, your idea to keep this going. I think it was mine. It was you. Yeah, uh, it was certainly, which, yeah, which is good. But, but we're, 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 we're together as a team. And uh, basically I use boilerplate, boilerplate language for this. Um, and I also start with a quote so this is the boilerplate language that we use in each episode. Here it goes. 
We want to know how you were first introduced to the speculative genre, whether it be the written word or its cinematic universe. Two Old Parts Talk Sci-Fi is a look back to when we fell in love with the speculative genre to recall these times with fondness and affection. And halfway through the season, I started, I liked the idea of using a quote near the top of the episode. Uh, and I started doing that consistently. We didn't do that for the first half. So I included this quote. I think Gabriel Garcia Marquez said it best. When he said, we grow up with dreams in our eyes and songs on our lips, and we discover that life is not what we thought it would be. And then we discover nostalgia. Now, we may have already answered this, but I thought we just very quickly, uh, yeah. I would just ask you and you would ask me about our first speculative genre and not go into great detail. We right. already did nope. this in episode one, but what was your first uh, speculative genre memory, Troy? Well, I, I think it has to be, like I can't be certain, so it's it's like going to be one of these three because they probably came on my radar all at the same time. So they would be the '66 Batman Adam West TV show, um, Star Trek um, is a is a very peripheral thing. But um, sorry, I just wanted to double check that this was the the genre memory and not first genre love because it's different. Uh, and then the third thing would be Frankenstein got implanted in there really early. Um, and, that, and the, yeah, certainly not a favorite, but it was definitely a, a memory. Yeah. And mine was, I, I mentioned that in the first episode was the idea that I was out in this, uh, making a snow fort with snow. And then my mother would come to the door and yell out, they got will, they got will. So basically it was lost in space. And then I finally realized week after week that almost every episode, some, someone got will. Yeah. Oh, um, and the hey, thing can that I... we fell in love with. Uh, oh, go ahead, please. I just, I just wanted to add on again. I, I think something that was, um, well, actually, this, this will lead into the thing that we love, and that, that was um, uh, Batman from '66 to '68 with Adam West, um, and uh, and it is a memory actually. Now that I think of it, because when I when I listed off Batman, Frankenstein, Star Trek, those are things that I remember from TV, but an actual life memory was in kindergarten in Nova Scotia being brought to um, the school because there was some, uh, some sort of event day going on and, and students had, were putting on this little performance of Batman and Robin, but it was, it was, um, you know, realistic enough for my, whatever I was three-year-old taste that I thought it was Batman and Robin. You know, and basically they just did a little fight choreography to the theme song, I think. Um, but I was like, oh, my God, I am standing in front of the real Batman. Mm. And and not sure if I if I told this story. But then soon afterwards, I was in church with my parents, like, again, super young. And uh, it must have been a holiday, like a, either like a Easter or Christmas celebration, and the priest had on vestments with the colorful cape. Probably, I'm guessing Easter because it was probably purple, and which would look more like Adam West. And I, I just stood up in the pew and I pointed and I yelled at the top of my lungs, "It's Batman!" And uh, <laughs> and my parents were mortified. Anyway, there you go. That's so. That's my my memory and love. What about you, yeah. David? Well, well, no, that's excellent. Um, that's one of the reasons why we prepare like all these questions about the, the favorites and, and John loves and all this stuff. We do prepare, we do send that to our guests like days before, if not a week or two before the actual recording, we don't want to just 
you know, do a, almost a gotcha or that kind of thing where just on the day of the recording, they suddenly have to come up with all of these memories and stuff. Because just like what you were saying, Troy, you, you're, if, as you have time to think about it and you remember all these memories, you suddenly remember something at the age of three that you hadn't thought of before. And your answer may have been some memory from age seven. And suddenly you remember this one at age three. So we prefer our guests to have molded over, thought about it. And they're all very appreciative of receiving these ahead of time so they can actually think about it. Yeah, the um, pre-interview, uh, pre-interview is always a good thing, you know, especially for these because, um, Otherwise, it also makes it difficult for us in terms of editing, because then we get people going, oh, hold on, let me think about that. And then we get like a two minute lag while they think about it or, you know, um, or talk about it um, with us, you know, and then they go, oh, I've got the answer. (laughs) <laughs> you know yeah and my early genre love would be probably a star trek but i can't remember what i answered in the very first um uh episode yeah um, i love i me, love your story by the way about your mom and lost in space and you building the fort i just there's something that's just beautiful about the imagery of that mm. um, now what we'll do because we're at the like halfway mark almost and we haven't <laughs> Uh, gone too far is that what we're going to do is we're going to do this fairly quick if we do have a story or something behind it we can certainly do that because that's what we live i can go fast yeah Uh, yeah yeah. and um with this i'm not going to read out what we say but we do just say you know we're going to ask you what your favorite genre whatever we define genre and there was one of the episodes where i had a bit of fun about how we define genre and I, i wish i could quickly find that and read that again because that was so much fun doing that. But genre for us is basically there are three sort of bigger umbrella things, science fiction, fantasy, horror. Those are sort of like the big three things. You can still say horror is part of fantasy, but I would say science fiction, fantasy, horror are the three biggest things. Almost anything else, whatever you say it is, is some almost a sub-genre that can fit you know, whether you say a space opera, well, that fits within this, or maybe it fits between science fiction or fantasy, whatever it is, almost every other thing that you mention can fit within those three umbrella things. So what we refer to as genre, because West, a Western is a genre, a mystery is a genre, but we're talking about science fiction, fantasy, and horror. So let's just go stabby, through this. Stabby, we- space, and dragons. Stabby, space, and dragons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I'm happy we're doing this. I was unsure before, but now I'm happy. Can you, I have to write that down because we're going to forget that. So it's stabby, space, space, and dragons. And dragons. Which was an amazing, an an amazing super group from the late 1960s. Yeah. Now I know you're making that up. So what we're going to do is let's go with a genre movie. Troy, what do you got? Uh, It would have to be The Exorcist. Yeah, and for me, it's a thing from another world from 1951. Genre, and if you want to jump in and say anything, go right ahead. Genre TV show. Easily The Twilight Zone. It was probably the most influential of all of the media things on me outside of music. Mm. And for me, it's not that easily Star Trek, the original series, because there's been so much great stuff over the years. Genre TV episode, and we always make this clear to our guest that it does not have to come from. So, for example, your favorite episode does not have to come from your favorite genre TV show. You don't have to pick something from the Twilight Zone as your favorite episode. And same with me. I don't have to pick something from the original series of Star Trek as my favorite episode. So what is your favorite genre TV episode? 
Oh, David, thank you for doing a little bit of homework on this for me. I see that because I so I said Dwayne Barry from uh, the X-Files episode. It was I think there was sort of like a three episode arc, but that involved um, the abduction of um, Agent Scully. Um, but but I'm going to go with Dwayne Barry as, as the main one. And it, it just blew my socks off. And thinking back on it, it still feels like the essence of uh, the X-Files. Yeah, and that episode itself, I, I did a bit of history and looking up online, and it itself, other than the sequels or other episodes that may connect to it, it itself was considered one of the top episodes of all time from X-Files and was up for an award. So it certainly was way up there. Uh, for me, there's an episode called Hush from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 4, Episode 10, original air date, December 14th, 1999. I, I, I should have also mentioned, by the way, for Dwayne Barry from X-Files was Season 2, Episode 5, um, original air date, October 14th, 1994. Now, for genre novel, what is yours? Um, I, I just want to add quickly, although I know I'm, we're going we're gonna to bog down if I keep doing this, but... Uh, you told me about Hush, and I hadn't seen it originally, so I sought it out, watched it. It's terrifying. The, mm. the imagery in it and just mm. sort of the basic concept. If I, if you were young watching this, I think it really would have freaked you out. You know, if you were somebody the age of Buffy or that Buffy was supposed to be, um, it would have really freaked you out. Um, and this is 22 and, years ago. This is December yeah. 14th, 1999. This episode still holds up it still scares the, the pants off of me yeah um it's like some of the early stuff in krampus that is yeah. that level of putting you on edge and and so on so thank you for and, saying and, that and clearly that imagery uh has made an impact on the the culture at large okay so genre novel um something wicked this way comes uh i can read it over and over and over again period yeah, and for me, it's Dune. Now, during this pandemic, they do have a newer version of Dune from 2021 that's, that has gotten a lot of great reviews. So I'm talking about, of course, the genre novel, the novel Dune from 1965. That's my favorite novel. And I still have to see, uh, and Alex and I are both going to be seeing it soon, the actual, because they've tr attempted for many times. Now, genre shorter work, uh, what do you have? I have no mouth and I must scream by Harlan Ellison. Um, again, it had such an impact. Um, and, and also, you know, not only was it a great story and brutal, um, mm -hmm. it, it incorporates within the text, these weird sort of computer printout things, um, which I think every edition of it has. And I thought that was kind of cool. The, the form and content mix. I'd never seen that done with fiction before when I read it in high school. Anyway, love that one. Love Ellison. And I think that's probably the, uh, like the essential Ellison story. Yeah. And Ellison certainly put, the whole landscape, the entire science fiction world and genre basically on its head, like, like, like just twisted around and sent it into air, outer space because no one wrote like him. And he, he wrote at such a high level and the stuff was so, you know, visceral. Uh, that was from March of 1967, if you can believe that. In 2022, I guess that will be 55 years. Yeah. If you can believe that. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, the, the Ellison brought me to King and somewhere in there, I also got into Hunter S. Thompson. And the thing that I loved mm -hmm. about Ellison King and Hunter S. Thompson's um, nonfiction was the energy. 
mm. was the energy. Cause you know, I think I, you know, prior to becoming uh, a regular reader, I had this, you know, stupid misconception that well, reading was boring and writer, you know, writers just wanted to write to hear themselves right i guess um <laughs> but um but i love the energy that i would get off the page from these guys and you you could feel yourself reading faster because of the uh kineticism of their works um and so i still sort of like those those are guys who i just will always love yeah some of these kinds of stories that just come right off the page and they're just flow so well like now that i'm moving into fiction and doing short stories i appreciate even more um things like charlotte's web the wind in the willows and these kinds of stories that even that like like for me it was a bit of a slog with the the um the um lord of the rings but the hobbit you know that mm, the, the flow right. that it created and what it can do line which in the wardrobe and so on the ability to be able to keep the, uh, the 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 reader engaged and to write that is just incredible so genre author and this is a surprise actually your answer just kidding <laughs> david says this as i'm wearing my stephen king rules t-shirt um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so, so what's your um, answer stop stop muddling around here troy well, Spit out. I, what is your fate who is your favorite genre author come on uh dean coons <laughs> uh no yeah it's king it's king yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well you could do where i mean king is amazing yeah. um and we did do it and we'll get into it later because we did have um we've already done two king things already um but we'll get into that later and mine is uh my brother-in-law robert j sawyer is my favorite genre author nice. uh, genre theme or concept uh, yeah, I had um, alternate reality slash multiverse. Um, that it really is is my favorite thing, and I think I probably didn't come across it until Crisis on Infinite Earths in the DC cross uh, company compression of because they created all these universes and they were like, we have too many characters. Let's like just kill off some planets and and uh, and get it down, streamline it. Um, so there was that, but of course, Planet of the Apes too, like with the whole Hasseline theory, um, I, it, it blew my mind as a kid in like, I guess, 73, you know, this idea of different timelines, mm. um, which is now, it's really weird. It's in the last decade or so, it's become so prevalent, you know, it's like, like the Spider-Verse and I guess yes. a lot of issues in the mcu also deal with that um anyway that that's it let me let's well, let's well there's on. also as a, as an early memory and hope and i assume that you would have seen the mirror mirror episode of the original of the classic yes, Trek, yes which yes, is yes. almost very early memory of that kind of a different which is an alternate reality it is part of sort of a multiverse multiverse or mirror universe and i think they did that so like that is such an underrated episode the mirror mirror episode and mm -hmm. that speech at the end oh my god you know when he says spock be that man be the person that will spare the hawkins and make it stick do this do this do this and yeah. you have the power to do this so make a difference in your reality such do you recall, I mean, yeah go ahead do, do you recall who uh, wrote the episode i forget <sighs> and i would uh, have to do a quick 
Google. I mean, just from my memory, it sounds, it's not Norman Spinrad. He did Doomsday Machine. I think it might have been Jerome Bixby, but I would have to do a quick Google. I'll do that, that while I'm, you, uh, while we move on. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. Have a question and mine here. is time travel. And I, I know that repetition is not considered a, uh, what is actually a theme or concept. Maybe it is, but time travel is definitely the genre theme. But I also like the idea of repetition that this involves things like, um, the um, Groundhog Day and all those versions. Xena did it. Um, also, um, the, uh, Hercules uh, did that. Many shows have done that. Uh, you've got um, even the Next Generation Cause and Effect. I think where eventually Captain, where where um, a Captain Bateman of the Bozeman or something like that, played by Kelsey was- Grammer. Jerome Bixby, uh, by the way, wrote. Yeah, Jerome uh, Bixby. That's what I thought. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, the idea of repetition, where something happens, and and that was one of the great moments I think in Next Generation was that opening where the uh, Enterprise blows up, um, and then you re- keep reliving the day, like reliving the same day, and also the movie Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. And I think it was Emily Blunt where they, there's that rapid, the idea of repetition yes. where you can relive a day repetition uh, slash reliving a day. Yeah. And, and giving you an opportunity to do it. And what do you, I'd never seen um, Groundhog Day until a few years ago. And my God, that is so good. So genre yeah. theater production or musical, what do you got? Okay. Well, in, in our current timeline, uh, stops Planet of the Apes. I want to get off. Does not exist as an actual musical, but it does exist as an element of uh, The Simpsons in the episode of Fish Called Selma, which was season seven, episode nineteen. I would love it to exist in this timeline. Uh, until it does, though, I'm going to say my favorite theater production that is genre is Macbeth. Um, Macbeth always blows me away and I can't wait to see, I believe it's Joel Cohen. It's not a Cohen brothers film. It's a single Cohen and please God, let it be Joel Cohen. Um, but that's either out now or coming very soon. Uh, looking forward to that. But yeah, you've got witches, you've got murder, you've got hauntings. It's great. Yeah. For me, Frankenstein, uh, and this was uh, brought, you know, during the pandemic, they were rebroadcasting these things. They recorded this. This is the Danny Boyles production mm. from 2011 at the Royal National Theater starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller. And what happened was this is, this happens every so often. What you have is you have two main roles, whether it's Jekyll and Hyde, whether whatever the, the two main characters are, sometimes you have those actors or actresses. What they do is they just alternate. So what would happen is Benedict Cumberbatch would be Dr. Frankenstein one night, and then who would play the monster the following night, and they just keep alternating. Um, and I'm not sure if that's something that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen did or not, but certainly this is one of those things that it's a big feather and I think an actor's cap. Also, the, the idea of doing like five or ten roles in a movie, which is something that Peter Sellers did so famously and Alec Guinness back in the day, that that's another one of those things that uh, that one would like. Is that available? Series is that available to stream? By the way, David, I don't think so. I mean, it it was just for a short time. It was available during the pandemic, and you had to catch it. Like the other thing, I wanted to ask you about, but maybe I shouldn't do it during this broadcast. During this podcast, but sorry, I am. Is that Alex and I went online to try to find, like, like through whatever, whether it's Netflix or something else, whatever the streaming service is. 
for the get for the uh, the uh, Beatles thing, and the only thing we found was episode three. I don't know if we only had a specific window to see episode one. Oh, they should a specific be. Window for well, they weren't. It was only oh. the only thing that was available was episode three, and that was on Disney Plus. Yes. Oh, interesting. We're subscribing to Disney Plus, and the only thing that should, it, it's, we're not done, like we looked it up, and it would have said one, two, and three, and then we would pick right. one. We would have done it, and so oh, that's only three was available. Yeah. So maybe maybe they're stripping it back. I was wondering about that, like how long it would be available. Like yeah, if we knew thing. that, we would have watched it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Episode three is the essential one. Like I've been telling um, my kids because they're you know they like the Beatles a bit, certainly not like I do. Yeah. And um, so I said, you only really need episode three if you're a casual fan. Season yeah. one and season two are really tough slogs to get through. Uh, not season, but episodes one and two. They feel like seasons because it's it's it can be dismal at times. But season three is great. It's all positive. It's all an upswing in motion, in em- emotion, um, and it's great. It's a good watch. So I, I would say just go for for that. Then well, that's all you can do. Okay, yeah, where yeah, are we? Yeah. Where well, are we, well where I'm we? not. I. I, I, I yeah, thanks for the suggestion. Uh, that doesn't quite work. For, I would prefer to also see one and two. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some of these things like like um, some of these histories or these things on on groups and they have a two part and the first part is all the upbeat stuff. The second part is about how they're yelling at each other on stage and they're just angry and it's all some thing like um, whether it's the Eagles or whatever the group is generally the first half is the good part and the second half is how everything went down falls apart Um, yeah yeah so anyways for comic book series okay i have um i I couldn't quite decide here so i had um swamp thing by alan moore um howard the duck uh, by Steve Gerber would be in contention. And I also then remembered Moon Shadow, which was a limited series written by uh, J.M. DeMatteis. Uh, and the art is spectacular. It's by John J. Muth. And it's, I believe, the only time, or at least the first time, where a comic book, every panel was hand-painted. It wasn't, you know, just drawn, inked, and colored. It was actually, I think, watercolors. Uh, and it's a beautiful and heartwarming story um and and i didn't realize this at the time but it's based on the cat stevens song moon shadow or was inspired by it my favorite graphic novel standalone is kingdom come um with amazing realistic uh, art by alex ross and uh, written by mark wade right oh i I jumped ahead on you sorry yeah. That's all right. So for me, uh, I was just like uh, Michael Rowe, who was a guest recently. Um, um, Tomb of Dracula is one of the things that I uh, grew up with uh, in the early 70s. Uh, also, all the Conan ones, Savage Sword of Conan, Conan the Barbarian, and Conan Sag. I got those every time. When it comes to graphic novel, I love the story Neverwhere by Neil Gaiman. I think Glenn Fabry and Mike Carey were also involved in that graphic novel. Um, a genre poem. So what do you got? Uh, it, for me, it was a tie between uh, The Raven and um, Lewis Carroll's Hunting of the Snark. Um, I guess Jabberwocky sort of preceded Hunting of the Snark as an element of the Alice in Wonderland stories. But yeah, I'm going to go with Hunting of the Snark. Yeah, sorry about that. I just transposed that incorrectly. Um 
you're right. That's a different poem, of course, but it, it relates to the same universe and all that. Yes. Um, so for me, the perfect city by Patrick O'Leary, that's my, that's what I used as, um, my incentive to write the perfect library. Cause I'd been working in libraries for 30, 30 to almost, uh, it's getting on almost 40 years now. And I thought, why not take the perfect city, which is a brilliant poem. I think it's in an anthology called the stars is seen from this particular angle of night, which was one that was edited by Sandra Kasturi years ago. And I had a couple of poems in that one, but nothing compared to the brilliance of the perfect city. Um, so I just thought that I would use that as inspiration for the perfect library. Uh, also, there uh, there's just so many great uh, poems out there. Attack of the Crab Monsters by Lawrence Rabb and The Quiet World is is stunning by Jeff, Jeffrey McDaniel. Now, the well, you, Attack part, of the Crab Monsters, I, I have not read, but of course, what, what do you think comes to mind for me? Well, I, I won't. Well, I won't well he, the, 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 the poem is based on a movie called Attack of the Crab Monsters. Okay. So it's, it's got but, it's, like he saw the movie and then wrote sure. the poem. Well, David and I have been uh, oh, re rehashing, yeah, his his yes. his, <laughs> his er, initial read of um, the Dark Tower, yeah. and uh, well, we've already had a spoiler alert, I guess, but, but episode episode two, book two, uh, the drawing of the three opens with Roland on the beach, surrounded by what are called lobstrosities, <laughs> and so <laughs> attack of the crab crab monsters makes me think of that Dumbachick, Dumbachick. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Good to check. No, no, Good no. Check. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Uh, and we will, and we will get to um, definitely the dark tower. Once I finish all of them, I've already uh, listened to the first one and I've almost done the second and there's like seven books. And then we will eventually have Bev Vincent in that because he's an expert on that. So what we'll do is the a la carte. This was something that we had added halfway through the series uh, first season, I think, or three quarters of the way through the first season, we thought that all of these things are favorites. Well, there's a few more. So we added six. So for genre podcast, what's yours? Uh, sorry, just making a quick note here. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Making notes. That's what we do sometimes. And then we edit this part out. Okay, what was the question? My favorite Yeah, your podcast. favorite genre oh, podcast. Oh, that's got to be Postmortem with Mick Garris. There are a few others. There's like some, there's some King-related ones. Some have come and gone. But my favorite ongoing one is Postmortem with Mick Garris. He has excellent guests, um, mostly related to horror in film and TV, also sci-fi. Um, and as you said we were able through the good graces of Mick Garris to use a clip of um, uh, John Landis talking about The Exorcist. Uh, it's He's got great guests, just amazing guests. Anyway, and a great show. And he knows what he's talking about. You know, this is a Hollywood insider um, talking about uh, the world he knows with people he knows. Yeah. Now that's the alarm for the 45 minute mark. So I'm going to okay. set another 15 minutes. And we'll go off at 15 and we will keep going. Now, my one is the, uh, it's something that you introduced me to, the Battlestar Galactic cast with Trisha Helfer and Mark Bernardin. Now, for genre audiobook, what do you got? Um, I just want to quickly say, I, I had said at the beginning of um, the series, when we first started doing this, that having Julie Newmar on is one of my sort of dream guests. I would love to at some point do a show with... Um, Trisha Helfer and uh, see again, this is where I would edit out my pause. Trisha Helfer and Katie Sackoff of uh, 
of Battlestar Galactica. I'd love to have the two of them on together. Anyway, yeah. moving on, genre audiobook. Uh, so many good ones, um, but one of my all-time favorites is William Peter Blatty reading his book, The Exorcist. There's a few good King readings of, of novels, but man, I love hearing Blatty read that book. And that book is one of my favorites too. So um, there you go. Uh, and mine is on writing a memoir of the craft read by Stephen King. Um, genre, documentary, mockumentary. What do you got? Um, I have a tie again. So I had unearthed and untold the pet cemetery story. Um, I think that's from around 2017 or so and American movie, um, it tells the story of uh, a filmmaker from uh, the, the, the Midwest um, trying to make his little films. Uh, one is called uh, Co- Co- Coven, <laughs> but he calls it Coven. And everybody always looks at him when he says it's called Coven. But it's, but it, you know, we, you and I would say Coven. Anyway, um, and so it's like, it's, it's funny, but it's also heartbreaking in that he, he, like Ed Wood, is trying to get these things made using people he knows. But you also, as an artist, have to admire his, his, um, his heart and what he's doing, his, his efforts. Anyway, so American Movie is a good, good watch. Yeah, and for me, the center seat, uh, 55 Years of Star Trek, which is uh, currently on as of late December, early uh, January of you know, 2021, 2022 genre, nonfiction book or essay. What do you got? Okay. Uh, again, I copped out with the tie Grant Morrison's super gods. Grant Morrison is a great, um, uh, Scottish comic writer, comic book writer. Um, and, um, he, he gets into all kinds of different things, but it's really thought provoking. Um, and Stephen King's Don's Macabre, which is, uh, an overview of, uh, all things horror, um, up until around, I think the book was written in 1982. Um, new versions of it have an introduction where he updates his favorite things, um, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, and mine is uh, on writing memoir of the craft, uh, read by Stephen King. Uh, when it comes to filk, which is basically for those that may not be aware of it, it's like folk music, even though it doesn't have to be folk anymore. But what it is, it's a parody that has to have some genre, science fiction, fantasy, or horror element. Um, uh, built into it. So, Troy, what do you got? Okay. Well, I, I realized this morning I've, I'm, I'm adding something to it. Um, Doctor Demento's Yoda came to mind. I think that was the very first example of Filk that I'd ever heard, and it was hilarious. You know, it's him basically doing uh, the Kinks uh, Lola, but changing it to Yoda with appropriate lyrics. Um, but what I had had until that occurred to me this morning was in 19, in 1966, Jan and Dean, um, put out an album called Jan and Dean meet Batman. So they were right at the fore of the Batman craze, the Adam West Batman craze. Um, and it's an entire album of songs about them and Batman. Um, it's crazy. It's just, it's crazy that they were allowed to put this thing out. Um, and, and I may insert a little example right here. And that's your Jan and Dean meet Batman. Um, so uh, what about you, David? Well, well, with the Dr. Demento, I don't 
know if he came up with the you know the yo 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 the that part was um the guy that uh, oh weird al weird al so that's actually by weird al yank okay actually that's what i was wondering as i as i made my note here yeah i I would have heard it on dr demento but i guess it was weird al doing his first thing sorry sorry al no worries so i've got we all live on a klingon bird of prey uh, and also, I'm a Klingon. Now, this is, I would attend um, the annual CAG feast. CAG is the Klingon assault group. And I would help them with their, I would do create a um, uh, a game where basically it's a trivia thing from Trek and Klingons and stuff. But they would always sing, we all live on a Klingon bird of prey and so on. And I'm a Klingon is a, is a pun on I'm in, you know, a hole by Dennis Leary, that song, but instead of I'm an, you know, a asterisk, you know, dollar sign, dollar sign, H O L E. You can say it. You can do it. I can actually say asshole on. on, Sure. Yeah. Even live. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it says I'm a Klingon. So best. And this was one that I went completely nuts on my cat. My favorite category is best fish which is a pun on the best kiss from MTV. So best genre fish. And where did I put it? I, I, I had a fish. Well, I, yeah, well, I'm sharing. Oh. Hopefully I'm still sharing. This oh, right, screen. right, 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 right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. I was just double checking in my own notes, but wow. yeah, so I thought about it a lot. Uh, I was thinking about going with the whale at the end of hitchhiker's guide. Um, cause that would be way up there, but I ended up going with King shark from DC comics and the suicide squad film, the recent one, um, of this year. And, um, yeah. What about you, Dave? What do you got for your best fish? And I've got uh, the Babel fish from H H G T T G or hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Right. Oh, um, um go ahead. Yeah, of course, I just blanked, though. No, it's okay. I guess we better move on because, uh, yeah. I, well, I, we got like eight minutes left of our extra 15 beyond the 45. <laughs> okay, so, so let's go on. For the tour, for the basically the year in review, uh, and then generally at this point in the podcast, uh, you would give like the history or the background of the thing that we're talking about. That's one of the things I look forward to each episode is setting it in context and going into a bit of a history on it. But I think that what we may want to do is just, I've come up with a list of each episode and I think I left off, which is too bad. The actual dates that they were, I I put them on the later ones, but I didn't do that for the early ones. That's kind of silly. Ah, that's okay. So for season one, the very first episode, I think it was in April, was called Blast Off. That was just us introducing the series and introducing ourselves. Yeah, and the way and what happened there was we were sort of just testing our tech and testing, you know, what we were capable of doing in terms of just recording. And um, so I said, hey, well, why don't we just record it? And, And if it works out, it works out. And then we have a show. Um, and if not, we go back and figure out what the issues are. And that was basically how we, we did our first show, which I was pretty, pretty pleased with because we got yeah. that great, I, again, love your story about your mom and, uh, and you building this, this fort. Yeah. Now season one, episode two, and this was one of the things because with me having been on um, panels and, and done 
conventions for like 30 plus years and knowing people in the community and uh, attending many conventions and so on. I've, I've connected with a lot of people in the science fiction, fantasy and horror scene. So I have a, a fair number of contacts that, that, I've used a few. One of the the closest people I know is my brother-in-law, Robert J. Sawyer, who married my sister, Carolyn Clink, back, I think, in our home in 1984, in, in December of 84. And he was the best man at, at uh, um, my wedding when I married uh, Alexa Carroll uh, back in July of 2021. He was my uh, best man. So I've known him for you know, since the mid to late seventies. So he was one of the first sort of big stars because he's considered, I think one of the top science fiction and fantasy writers overall, not just from Canada. And he is a huge Planet of the Apes film, uh, uh, film buff. So we did an actual, our episode two was the 1968 Planet of the Apes film. Um, and what we did was we just did an hour on that. And I think that worked out very well. Oh yeah, I mean, it was great having uh, having Robert on, and I mean, Planet of the Apes is one of my favorite things in in all its different forms. So uh, I even having... found this little flyer that Rob had put it together because he actually had a little Planet of the Apes film festival back in I think July of 1991, where he listed all the films, and then every week for a period of time, people would go to his place, and then we would all watch the film and discuss it, and that was. 30 years ago kind of thing or whatever, yeah. whatever 1991 was. And I've got to say that um, doing that episode with Robert, um, it, you know, when, when we started, it, it was very conceptual and it was like, oh, can we do this? Can we, can we really make this happen and, you know, have it be listenable and whatever. And I realized after that episode, you know, that, Hey, this can work, this can work. And um, it, it, you know, having somebody as good as, as Rob on and talking about Planet of the Apes, I think it really gave us a, a bit of momentum, some some wind in our sails, and I uh, definitely felt like, yeah, we can do this. Yeah, and that one, at, at some point, uh, Troy and I have to get together pretty soon and discuss which episode out of, from the calendar year um, 2021. So we're talking about the four, the full season one and the six episodes of season two, which one we would put up for the Aurora for whatever thing is and for me this could be um uh, even though it's very early in our our um repertoire it could be the one that we put up but we'll obviously have to discuss that this episode three was recent current and upcoming sci-fi that was late april or early may and that the idea i had of that was that that's the time when you've already heard about which new shows are probably have already been sold and which ones are coming back. And we would just give, and I've been on panels at conventions for years where we would talk about this, you know, at, at, at Astra in April about what's out there and what is upcoming. Uh, season one, episode four was the prisoner. Uh, I knew Mark Asquith through Rob and I've known him for many years and have hung out with him and know him, you know, not a super close friend, but someone that, that, um, he knows me and I know him and he was, and he's the guy that produced and was involved with the, the, um, um, comic book confidential. And he was also one of the driving forces between behind prisons of gravity. So early on in the first four episodes, we had Rob, sorry. And then we had Mark Asquith. 
So, and I think the prisoner was also a very good episode for us. Yeah. And again, it was another one of those where it's, it's like, I, I think it really uh, sort of fortified the show by, by starting strong. Uh, do you want to cover the next uh, couple? Well, uh, episode five was uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide with uh, author Ira Naiman, and um, again, a lot of fun having having Ira on, and uh, it's always a joy to to do the Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, was he so, not perfect for it? Because oh, yeah. he has all this background in humor, humor and genre. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and again, great doing the rewatch of the film and, and the rereads and looking into some of the episodes and some of the albums. Like, I remember I really sort of did a deep dive there. Uh, I'll cover episode six, if that's all right. And you can feel like seven, sure. but you're, you're right. Absolutely. And that's part of the joy of what we've been doing is that we get to re watch and reread and just fall in love again with the things that we loved in our youth. So for Blade Runner, the 1982 film, we had Charlene Challenger, who I've known for many years. And what impressed me most most with her, hanging out with her and understanding what she was about, is that she could memorize the whole, she had memorized and just told me the whole lines that Rutger Hauer's character, Roy Batty, said at the end of the film. She just does that from memory. And I thought, okay, well, who else to be our guest on the Blade Runner episode? So that was season one, episode six. And episode seven was your sort of uh, a great moment early on, I think. Yeah, well, I just want to say, too, about Charlene, it was it was a hoot having her on. And uh, she was our first female guest. So nicely, she prevented the uh, the series from being a sausage fest entirely. Um, and Charlene was great. And I would love to have her back on. I mean, I'd love to have all of our guests back on. They've been very gracious. And Bev Vincent, yes, he uh, incredibly graciously has already come back a second time. And it was nice uh, doing a deep dive on the dead zone. Uh, with Bev, um, and yeah, I guess definitely everyone... underrated. I think that 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 the the uh, not the, the book itself and the movie, I think, just are not rated that highly among Stephen King fans because you've got all these. He's got such a mover yeah. and such a collection of things that you say, okay, well, The Shining, I like, I like this, I like that, and so on. The Dead Zone, I think, is undervalued. I think. I definitely, I think it is one of King's best books and it's nice that it, you know, it sort of gets away from some of the things that he was doing prior to that, but it still deals with, with like psych psychics. Um, uh, yeah, I think we were really in, in, in a role there because then we went on to plan nine with Shandel, uh, Shandel Manuk. And it, it was funny because our episode, like we had such a good time that it, it sort of ran long and we were actually, we were longer. The show is longer than the actual running time of plan nine from outer space. Um, <laughs> so it was one of those ones where we just had a lot of laughs on that show. Yeah. And with Shandel, like with Bev Vincent, you, you knew Bev through, some connections or following his, his stuff and your Facebook friends. And then he was very gracious to accept. So, and you knew, knew, uh, Shandle for many years, but also the next guest, strangely enough, has known, uh, my wife, um, Alexa for many years through the, the, um, uh, theater scene, but I wasn't thinking about it because she was more of a connection through Alexa. You knew Trevor Rhines. That's so right. Do you want to we, talk a bit about well, him? 
Well, Trevor, Trevor and I actually worked at Britnell's bookstore uh, together. Uh, even though it's like, I don't like, we weren't that well connected at that point. Like we knew of each other. And then I returned to the university of Toronto as mature student. Um, I'm a little bit older than Trevor and he was at Victoria college and I ended up doing a lot of productions and actually published poetry through, uh, uh, act of Victoriana. Um, and so anyway, we, that's where we actually became close friends in the very early nineties, I guess, probably in 1990, 91. Um, but Trevor, I am pretty sure knows every third living human on earth. Yeah. It's very weird because we're almost like six degrees of Trevor Ryan. The other yeah. thing is I, I was always pushing like from the very beginning when we decided to do this podcast of Shakespeare in Star Trek. Now you were a bit aware, but you weren't quite as aware that there was just that much Shakespeare oh, yeah. throughout Star Trek. And right. I just said, no, there is, and we've got to do this episode. And that's where you connected it. And he said, well, Trevor knows. And what's weird, what's cool, I wouldn't say it's weird. What's cool with Trevor is that during this whole pandemic, he and some of his friends that do, that are part of some group that does theater stuff had been meeting every Monday night or something like that and doing every Shakespeare play. That's right. That's how much he's into Shakespeare. So it's incredible. And that's why I thought, here's a guy who has seen every Star Trek and he's been in every Shakespeare. So he's our guy. Yes. Now we had, this was your idea because we were talking about miniaturization and the idea of shrinking someone down. So you're actually fighting off a, a spider with a pencil, for example, you know, that famous thing and sitting on this this what is a spindle from you know a spindle from th that holds thread from a sewing machine that's your table and you're sitting there and you're using all it's sort of like the borrowers or that kind of thing where you've got all these small people around so you had the idea of doing this as a two-part episode i think in august and we were, had it set in the cottage right that's right and we um i guess the idea of doing a shrinkage episode was one of our, the very first ideas that we came up with when we brainstormed around this time last year and um you know we thought well how do we how can we um get into like an episode for the summer that gives us a little bit of time so we can actually enjoy <laughs> some of the time so we actually with most of our two-parters we we record them in one shot and then divide it um and that gives us a bit of a chance to have a life <laughs> so we're not always sitting in front of the mic or the editing uh bay uh, although no, nobody uses editing bays anymore in front of my computer sorry I'm, that's how old school i am um so yeah. yeah shrinkage was a lot of fun and and it was nice when we discovered that we could do two parters that way um yeah oh and yeah. maya Wentz with back to school yeah 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 so i've known maya for many years um and I thought that she's a teacher that she would be perfect because you had had this idea of a back to school special kind of thing that do it in early September and do anything that genre that connects to schools and stuff. And I thought she'd be perfect. She might also be, because we're thinking of doing something where we're talking about those kinds of novels uh, like the um, hunger games and stuff like that, that deal with post-apocalyptic or this kind of um whatever the term is for that kind of writing that we do an episode on that and i'm starting to think you know when we talk about the, like the future and having uh, people back but i was thinking that's such a such a big 
territory to grab that it's better and thing i was just thinking last day or two but i'm sorry i haven't mentioned it troy is i i think it might be better towards the end of this season or possibly into season three that we have maya back but talk specifically so we can actually get a deep dive just on the hunger games itself right the the movie of the hunger game not all the sequels and the actual novel and just say let's really get into and you can still also bring all the other stuff in about how it's set in context and everything else but yeah. with maya and then we had the second something wicked this week comes which you have listed i think as your favorite novel we split that into two parts and had sandra um as the guest yep oh i sorry i just wanted to backtrack for one second and say yep. one of my favorite parts of our back to school show with maya was when she uh she mentioned uh, Parliament Funkadelic, um, Mothership Connection, I think was her favorite. I think she listed that as a musical. And and I love that response. It's, it's, for me, it came from left field, but it was a really great response and, mm. and sort of like a well thought out <laughs> response. Um, yep. Yeah, so, something wicked. I mean, honest to God, like we sort of hit a point where every show we do, I started to really love like it's like i think that's our best episode you know and and i really think we sort of got into that around the time of uh, sandra doing something wicked this way comes uh, sandra kasturi um i think you know partly because we all love the book and the film so much um we just had so much to share and we probably could have done another hour you know, on the book and the film and, and related yeah. topics like carnivals and, and well, whatnot. the original idea was to do like a Ray Bradbury thing, like, and do it in August because that's sort of an anniversary right. of death or something like that. But then that's just too big a thing. We may have Sandra back specifically for just the short stories of yeah. Ray Bradbury and just look at the Velt and look at the, um, the one with, of course, the dinosaurs, um, um, uh, it's the name is escaping me. This is where we would. Oh, oh, like in. the butterfly effect one. I yes. Is it, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Clearly, we could like someone could do an entire podcast just on the work of Ray Bradbury. You know, you could do each short story as an episode. Um, yes. it, it could be done. You know. Yes. And then and then you could get into the whole Ray Bradbury theater. You could do like each episode of that show as a single episode. There's a lot. Yeah. The cover with Bradbury. Well, well, like the like the Galacticast kind of thing, where they were just doing it on one episode at a time per podcast. So we certainly could do that, but I think it's probably best to have us just look at the the um, short stories. So, and that was the season, and this season two. Uh, just quickly, because we're running out of time, we had The Exorcist yeah. with Valentino Asenzo. We had Universal Classic Monsters with Michael Rowe on writing with Bev Vincent. And then we've had the two holiday shows, The Holiday Extravaganza, Part 1 and Part 2. So any comments about this group of the first six episodes of our second season? Well, everybody was excellent. Like We were really blessed with great guests. Uh, Valentino on uh, The Exorcist was great. Uh, Michael Rowe, brilliant writer, um, sitting down with us talking about sort of like one of the cornerstones of, of modern horror or, you know, 20th, 21st century horror. Um, and Bev Vincent back talking about King. I mean, we're never going to lose, you know, when, when Bev joins us. Although I was devastated to, to learn that we have accents, we have Canadian accents. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I may be scarred for the rest of my life on that. Um, it's a boot time though. Um, 
and then oh, the uh, other geez. thing, yeah, the other thing I just wanted to jump in is, and I do appreciate Valentino. We're definitely having him back, and he is so, so ener- energized, and he just loved the Exorcist so much. So I did refer to him uh, as an expert on the Exorcist. The only thing is, and I, I guess I should have been more prepped or been aware of it that he had seen the film and had seen it many times. It was very good with the film. He had not read the book. Right. Uh, the, the the film itself is very much very close and does a lot of course, you know, with getting that book translated to the screen, which is really important. And that's the um, excellent thing about having the, uh, the novelist do the screenplay. Yeah. Which is, was the case with the exorcist. Yeah. So uh, just with uh, uh, Valentino, I should have been uh, clear about it that um, just because he hadn't read the, uh, the book itself, then that just takes that. But then we're the ones that had, of course, read the book and prepped for it. And then therefore we could talk more about um, the book. So there's nothing wrong with that. And he was, he was very good. Uh, and we've been wanting to get Michael Rowe on the show for a long time. The idea of doing universal class. and we're, the idea is, is that, you know, we're also trying to work in what we want to do down the road. And I think Michael's already agreed to it where I have an idea somewhere, maybe in May or June, depending on, cause we've already got the sort of scheduled out, but things change and things move. Yeah. But flexible. We, we want uh, Michael back to talk about ghosts, just ghosts. And yep. that will be free wheeling and it'll be all over the place. It'll be great. And we'll really get down into ghosts in genre literature and everything else, but, and, and movies and so on and TV shows. And that will be, our plan is that that will be a two part um, episode. We'll have to figure out how we're going to split that up, but there's no way we can handle the theme of ghosts in one podcast. That just can't happen. Right. And uh, yeah, prior to this, we had our, our holiday extravaganza, which was a two-parter yep. and uh, really enjoyed uh, doing that. Um, do we want to do just some of, uh, obviously we can't go into any depth, but just uh, maybe recommendations for the toffees of shows or things from the past year that um, you might recommend, or do you want to go into this email uh, well, I've just got a quick uh, a thing because we don't have a lot of time and there's only so yeah. much that we can handle. But this whole thing really started in December of 2020, 10th of December, 2020. I have an email that I sent to Troy and basically my, my computer that I was using was not working very well and a lot of vowels were missing. We have techno- technological cha- uh, challenges regularly. Yeah, folks. it was it was very very odd. But this was from December, and and basically the whole history of this is is that the the publishers of ours, which is CZP Cheesine Publications, um, the, the the publishers um, Sandra Kasturi, um, um, and now my brain is completely melting. Um, or Brett, Brett and, and Brett to Alexander Savory, um, they've they gave up. They had to give up the the publish uh, the publishing of CZP to another publisher. That new publisher said that they want stuff from the author. They want a podcast, or they want a webcast, or they want a blog or the, whatever it is they want content they want some tie-in weekly, promotions yeah. exactly and something where someone can point to well you, this is an author we're representing and by the way 
here's a whole bunch of episodes and here's a whole bunch of things that you can sort of tie in with what they're doing. So, and I suddenly thought that, you know what, if we're serious about this and we're continuing with this new, new publisher that's taken over and that publisher says, you've got to have content. I thought, well, why not do a blog? Why not do a, a podcast or webcast? And then I thought, well, who would I want to do a podcast with? And the first person I thought of was you, Troy, because oh. we did so great with that poem that we shared about our blur our fake blurbs that we did about right. each other yeah and and it works so well that i sent you a note on december 10th or whatever it was 2020 and without the vowels because it actually says htr instead of high choice <laughs> htr if can't read this let me canoe m snig m lid compter and t has an incessant issue with v wells how would like tda weekle our monthly pidcast we can talk a bit stiff and interview pepple have this as content for our web stees and help satis czp think the want kind f weekle content ver 26 weeks rs f remember correctal think m brother-in-law rib could be a jest at one and we can also alls tap our ra naman mickle are we and thurs t-h-e-r-s and some cases and jests and we shit the shit with whatever s on our minds like timmy travel mvs genre petter horror horror is h-r-r-r and whatever and then i have whatever's okay though it's hilarious whatever's fine so i sent that and i was thinking okay troy gets this email and he must think what the hell is going on here But Troy says, hey, let's do this. And that's the sort of the history of how we, and that's another 15. So we'll add one final 15 and we have to get out. And then we did all these things. The very next thing is we got trigger happy. This is from Monday, January 18th is that Troy, you sent me the uh, trigger happy and we use that as a theme. Then we got our website or 2of.ca and you were the one that came up with the idea of two the number two, then OF.CA, because it's nice and short and it's clear. Right. And, and we actually got that registered March 18th. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and and uh, for full disclosure, in our, our original brainstorming session about the uh, the series, it was not Two Old Farts, but Two Old Fucks. And we were like, well, we can't use that. So let's go with Two Old Farts. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I had that idea of like, why don't we call it Two Old Farts Talk Sci Fi? Right. And then it didn't take long for you to think, you know what, well, that's a good title because you want something that grabs oneself. And this is the old idea, the idea that a number of our listeners, and some of our listeners are young, young and, and have the knowledge and know about this stuff because they've seen it. But in a lot of cases, we're, we're you know, we, we may have. Uh, people listening to us who are also in their 40s or 50s in our case or 60s or 70s that have a fondness and want to recollect these things we installed and got wordpress done in april um and so on and we did a whole bunch of things and and your suggestion to get on to captivate 
we did that sort of later, somewhere around August or September or October of 2021. So that way our podcast would be then connected to all of these other search engines and so on. So there's been a lot of work involved in just getting the, and then I came up with the idea of this this thing and, and and it's been successful in some weeks but something called second tuesday so for our fans every second tuesday of the month so it's once a month it's a monthly thing you figure out what the second tuesday is between 6 30 p.m and 8 p.m we have a zoom session where people can can join in and just talk speculative genre stuff and other stuff and who are fans of our podcast as well even though it's not a requirement to be fans of our podcast so that's we should uh, go ahead. I was just going to say we should post that um, original email with uh, you know the the one without the vowels if we can yeah. if we can put it on the um, website uh, the Facebook or- page or the other <laughs> website just so people see it um, just to see how crazy how crazy that was. Now we've had some that I did. There was a limit time which prep prep we've done. Plus, we're not trying to have this podcast take over our life. We do a fair amount of work towards each podcast but we don't make this our entire lives so we do have to you know we read for hours and hours we do all this prep and we do all this work but in some cases things don't work out as well as we had hoped and and we wish we had done even more work but we have to also live our lives so there's various segments and various things that we've done with the podcast there are things like dream casting the screen casting our favorite words the toots rating system which i think lasted for one episode and we do have to return to it so what do you want is there any of this you want to talk about for a minute troy uh <laughs> and anything i've left off possibly. these are a few uh I, well uh yeah it's everything you know is it's it's like language the, the podcast has a flow it's it's fluid um so some things come some things go some things come back um you know dream casting has become uh sort of a thing um and we're always going to have the opening q a which is a, a great idea david i i wasn't sure originally about it but i do love it it's very much like what uh, the new york times does in the book section and what the um uh actor studio used to do um and it's it's just great that we have that commonality uh and consistency every episode um and you know now you want to know like and I, I i keep thinking oh man it would be great at some point to create some sort of uh well in the old days it would have just been a book but like a database or something where you can see every guest we've had and just go across each category of like, you know, favorite writers. And for a while yep, their yep. favorite, favorite film was like 2001 for like a, a number of uh, consecutive episodes. Um, I've been planning on putting that together by the, and I actually did that for Bev Vince and I actually went, listened back to the episode and painstakingly went through every response and wrote that out just in case we wanted to just, when he came back, his first returning guest, that we just do a very quick, by the way, these were your answers and just do a real quick, and we decided not to do that. But I had been thinking about putting something on our 2of.ca site that does list everyone sticks you can actually go to that and see that the other thing i was thinking of and i haven't run this past you yet is the idea that because this takes a fair amount of our show time is that whether or not we do a separate podcast called like genre whatever we have to come up with the title of it and we actually we spend the hour with the guest on whatever the topic we do but then we also then say well please stay on and we will then go over these questions and go over 
your whole nostalgia, the whole thing with that. And then you suddenly have two pod podcasts out of the same show, but it right. was just an idea, but we, you know, it's just an idea, but at the moment it's fine the way we're doing it. Yeah. And I love, uh, you know, hearing, uh, about favorites by, by folks. Um, especially when you learn about things that, you know, you hadn't heard of before. Um, and I think Bev Vincent mentioned, Oh, I'm going to say the name wrong now, but there was a band I think called Spongle, Spongle, Spongle. I believe that's how you say it. And, uh, and I, so I checked them out afterwards and, and quite liked, what I'd heard, you know, or um, podcasts or hearing about all these different things. Oh, I'm, I'm being beckoned in the background. This will be interesting. Maybe Christy will make a, a guest appearance as the show winds down here. Yeah. Well, um, the idea of nostalgia and us looking back with, with, with warm hearts and us talking about things like the original thing from another world or the uh, one with Kevin McCarthy, the invasion of the body snatchers, whether it's the uh, one with the plants that come alive and everyone's blind, the day of the trippids or whatever right. it is, or voyage to the bottom of the sea or Thunderbirds or whatever it is that yeah. us talking about those kinds of things and our memories of it and the guest memories of it, I think our fans will enjoy and, and have yeah. enjoyed. And that's really what, you know, the essence of the show is about, like you say, like yeah. sharing, share, sharing our love of genre. Yeah. And um, the only thing I, I don't have a list of some of the, I can probably call it up. Um, so yeah, let me just do that right now. I'm going to stop share. We, we've got maybe seven minutes left in this last sort of extension of our. Yeah. Thing. I think we're and, good to and, wrap. Yeah. And what I can do is I can just call up because we also have a file that's a shared um, file where we have podcast prep notes that I started in January of um 2021 is something that we can just both um look at and what it does is it does list uh things and for the upcoming ones now we haven't said we can just mention without the dates because we still have to firm up things we're doing the new what in this shared document is called the new year's party but we're calling it year in review now sometimes we change the name um but we are looking at some of the things we're looking at and we, we have to firm these things up, but 2001 is space artists. I won't say the date that we're going to do it. Uh, the guests, we will be approaching some guests about that, but 2001 is space odyssey will be one. Um, uh, and the Valentine's day, a beefcake and cheesecake episode oh, that should be fun. Because uh, we all have our own and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think of having a sort of a crush or and I've been on these kind of panels at conventions where you just talk about who was you know whether it's say for example I'm not naming names but someone who I share the podcast with might really like Julie Newmar just as an example so <laughs> and be. for me it might have been the actress that played uh, Batgirl um, Yvonne Craig uh, yeah Yvonne Craig yeah um, so what we'll do is we'll find the right guests for that and we'll do that around Valentine's Day. Um, we definitely are going to be doing this one. If you want to mention this one, I don't know if you can see my screen or not. Oh yeah. We've been talking with, uh, Ira Naiman about doing a Buckaroo Banzai uh, episode for a while. And that would, that we're all looking forward to that one. Yeah. So that's slotted. I'm not saying it will be this day, but we are looking at later February for the adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the eighth dimension, which itself is worth a uh, podcast for sure. Yeah. Uh, and we, we have are... a confirmation with uh, uh, Dave Bedini about doing a rock 
um, sci-fi and in rock music uh, episode at some point in the future, but he's confirmed that he would like to do that with us. Yeah. Oh, right. And then Trevor Rhines. That's right. With, uh, with, uh, I just, I was just playing at the, Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, you have to add a bit closer to the microphone, but I heard a bit. Oh, of really? Okay. Yeah. And uh, so uh, Twilight Zone for sure, and then um, and nothing set yet, but we might be doing something around the vernal equinox, which is around March twenty first, twenty second, or so, which is basically. Um, I guess that's when it's half daylight and half night. So you're, it's, there's the two equinox, there's the vernal and autumnal equinox, and then there's the winter and summer solstice. So we're thinking of trying to do a vernal equinox episode. Yeah, and it'll um, tie in with uh, you know sort of pagan horror stories, things like Wicker Man and Midsummer, for example. Yeah. So and then and then uh, we are also looking at and we don't want to give away too much, but we are looking at doing a, a documentary style uh, episode yes. uh, in very, very early April. Um, when it comes to further down the road, one of the things that we're thinking of doing, we only got about four minutes left is and we did this in in April and it's, it's every April, which is every other season. We'd like to do a sort of a review preview, like what is out there currently and what's coming out. And we're hoping that Jen Embry will join us for that. That would be in April of 2022. Uh, we definitely want to do this one. If you want to mention this one. Yeah. We've been talking about doing a uh, Kolchak, the night stalker with Darren McGavin, the, there were the, uh, the two sort of movies of the week and then the the series that followed, um, yeah. which was a huge uh, influence on the X-Files and all things sort of Chris Carpenter, in, including um, Millennium. Yeah. yeah. Did, I say, and, did I say Chris Carpenter? Sorry. I meant Chris Carter. If I did yeah, say yeah. Carpenter. Okay. Yeah. And that would be a Rob Sawyer, who's a big fan of that. I was hoping at some point we'll do a seeing things with Rob as a guest. Like we have a guest back and it's basically a six month and we're not going to have the same guest back in the same season. So um, basically if we have returning guests, they'll, they'll show up six months later kind of thing. Um, ghosts. We're thinking slotting that possibly in May, but we have to confirm that with Michael Rowe, but there'd be a two parter ghost part one and ghost part two. We haven't figured out yeah. how we would split that up. Dune um, uh, possibly in June. Um, Studio Dune, Ghibli. And Dune. I like it. Dune and Dune. <laughs> no. Isn't that oh like my. one of those speech things they used to do? Like the yeah, Dune, the, the, the Dune in June. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Studio Ghibli, um, which is all um, uh, anime and stuff like there's some great ones. And just talk about Studio Ghibli is worth um, uh, an episode. It's um, fun to say Studio Ghibli. Yeah, and then we have a whole bunch of slots that we have to figure out. And we have so many great ideas about it, and we definitely want to get to the Dark Tower. But I have a feeling I do want to have read all of them, um, listen sure. to them all. Yeah, and you know on. who really wants to get to the Dark Tower? Who? Roland. Oh, the Roland, Roland oh the gunslinger. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, so it's possible that what we may do with uh, Bev Vincent, because he had mentioned the thing but his favorite one is the thing the carpenter remake but we can certainly do and if we're not quite ready for this yet we can have bev back 
in that season and talk about the thing from another world and John Carpenter's the thing and the 2011 version of the thing and the original short story and just do that as an episode. And we will get to the dark tower at some point for sure. And that's sort of what we're looking at. And there may be further um, ideas of things like dystopia was what I was thinking of with Maya Wentz, but doing specifically the um, hunger games um uh and let me just see what were some of the other and i would love to do a battlestar galactica show at some point too yeah we need to do battlestar galactica um and and i mean in some way we'll we'll need to touch on star wars considering you know the the name of our show and everything i mean i guess we we did with the christmas show but uh, a little bit but uh, it'd be nice yeah. to do some actual uh yeah, episodes four, five, and six at least. Yeah, uh, shows. Yeah, yeah, comic books that we would probably have Mark Asquith back since he's the 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 was one of the driving forces, if not the main guy behind Comic Book Confidential, and has a knowledge of comics beyond a lot of people. Yeah, and ran um, the Silver Snail. You know, yes, one of yeah. Canada's best and biggest comic book stores. Yeah, absolutely. So we do have a lot to look. Um, um, the idea we had at one point of having a swear jar, anytime you say nice or that's right. Um, and also I'd have one, if I've watched the first episode, when we talk about series and I say, well, I've watched the first episode of that, then the mea culpa and owning it highlights uh, stuff we didn't know. Um, there's all sorts of things that we look forward to. So that's our final almost. Oh, and there we go. And, that, and that's the uh, buzzer that means that's time for Troy to go pee. Yep. So we're basically at the point where we're done with the episode. Hopefully it won't go too crazy long. We are trying to do this as a uncut episode. So we don't have a lot of stuff that we're going to be fixing up or changing. Um, And we are looking forward to this spring because we're going to have a lot of great guests and we are going to be covering a lot of great topics um, so I certainly look forward to any final sort of thoughts, uh, Troy, before you go pee. I'm just looking forward to, uh, not, not just going pee, but many more episodes and, uh, yeah, looking forward to things in the world at large, getting better, hopefully in 2022, two is my favorite number, partly because of Ian Turnbull. So in 2022, I think, uh, hopefully things are much better and we keep bringing some fun shows to people. Yeah. So our normal sign off, I don't even have it <laughs> here at, at all, but I think that what we need to do and just give me one second, because mm-hmm. this is again, one of those things. And I'll play where, us out after yeah, we do our regular. Do that in a second. We have to sign up, but you also have to mention the various um, um, places where people can be found. So I'm just going to call up the file. This is, you know, we would edit all of this stuff out, but we are well, trying to. I will say, I will say that um, uh, we are pretty easy to find. But if you uh, we're on on Facebook at Two Old Farts uh, Talk Sci Fi, uh, we have a, a Twitter page, and yeah. uh, definitely you can find us at T. Well, I'm calling it up here. So I'm calling CA, it up which here, is, which is the Word WordPress page. Our our okay. Here we our, are. Um, what do you call it, Dave? Homepage, website. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our so website. I got it on the screen for you, sir. Yep, and our Twitter is at two numeric two old farts sci-fi, um, and uh, yeah, we're always putting fun stuff out there for you. Um, 
So uh, have a look. Please do tell friends, <laughs> like, and subscribe. And you know what we would really love is if you go to any of these sites, please comment. If you've heard an episode, we would love to get some feedback so we know what you like, what maybe what you don't like, um, and we can respond to that. Um, be nice to hear from people, eh, David? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, don't forget the second Tuesday, which we're trying to uh, get people to uh, join in, where we can just talk in a in a positive environment. Um, the first, the second Tuesday of every month. Um, yeah, those are a fun time, and it's you know like a little party. And the nice thing is, right now you can do it. It's something you can do that's social, and it doesn't require a mask. Yeah. Um, so we can just hang out and and uh, chat, uh, sci-fi and all things genre. Yeah. And certainly a telefriend. I am David Klink. And I'm Troy Harkin. See you all for our next episode of Two Old Farts. Talk sci-fi and here is the outro music. I guess that's a show, eh, David? Yeah, that looks like it. All I have to do is hit stop recording, or we can just keep nattering on, and people will wonder who the hell are these two idiots. <laughs> well, you'll have to talk to yourself. I have to go pee. All right. Well, you go pee, and I'm actually going to hit the stop recording in three seconds. Three.